0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on a cloudy day in a still rather deserted city of Westminster in these current times of COVID-19, as once again we put the topic of leadership under the spotlight. I'm Scott Chaloner and I'm joined on today's programme by Penny Williams. Penny is the CEO of Kenwood Trust, a charity based in Kent, helping those affected by addiction, homelessness and crime. She's also the CEO of of marketing agency, Big Plan Group. Penny, welcome to the programme and thank you ever so much for taking the time to join us today.
1: Uh, No problem, thanks for inviting me.
0: Now, Penny, the uh, the purpose of this discussion is to really establish your take on leadership. So if we just first and foremost look at that word leader in isolation, what does that word actually mean to you and how does it resonate?
1: Well, I suppose it has... uh even more um, challenges in the current time. I, I see leadership as a, a guiding um, light, really, uh, a guiding person for the organisation looking ahead at the challenges. And then secondly, motivating staff. And at the moment, I think it's it's more than just motivating staff. It's It's keeping people calm. It's solving problems because I think the anxiety in the workplace, and actually in the UK at the moment, is quite high. Uncertainty of your job, uncertainty of uh, becoming ill. Um, You know, we are really in very challenging times.
0: We are, exactly. And it comes with its own set of pressures um, for leaders, doesn't it, this time? Because employees especially are looking to leaders to provide some vital reassurance and when there is so much uncertainty the leader at the top of the business or organization may not necessarily know too much more than those around them and so keeping the communication channels open um, is one thing which is very important especially with leadership from a distance as we have to undertake now but also just keeping that reassurance flowing through to everybody that can be quite difficult can't it?
1: Yeah, and I think it's down to uh, communication, which you know, often good management, good leadership is is all about. And I think a sense of honesty—that you know, I've been mm. very honest with my staff to say I don't have all the answers. I'm trying to do as much research as I can to look as far ahead as I can. Um, but sort of, we are all in this together, and and really appreciating what what everyone is doing to keep the business going. Mm,
0: it's so important, that transparency and that honesty, um, as you were rightfully yeah. say. And um, I think it shows a great deal of humility and really puts you on an equal footing uh, with everybody as well. And I think leaders who sort of showed those qualities prior to this situation will now be reaping the benefits because it will be their teams essentially that are willing to put the work in, really go above and beyond just to keep things ticking over. And we're hearing some fantastic stories of that, aren't we? Of course, not just from the front line, but also within businesses from people who've had to adapt to remote working or even those who've had to continue going on site and risk their safety as well.
1: Yeah, indeed. And and Can We Trust is um, a a closed site. We're we're dealing with some very vulnerable people and I'm so proud of the team who have stepped up with our protocol to keep everyone safe. Um, We've been congratulated by commissioners who are grateful that we've remained open. We have several quarantine areas so we can still take people in. Um, and we class very much as a care home, so we've got people living very in close quarters, and um, we've been very fortunate not to have COVID nineteen on site. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's good to see teams coming together um, and achieving those sorts of uh,
0: successes. It's very encouraging to hear that uh, that's the uh, the case, Penny. And would you go as far to say? Considering that you can draw sources of inspiration from many places, that you've even been inspired by the reaction that those around you have put in during this time.
1: Yes, yeah, so and I think it, it really has been a team effort. It, it, it almost doesn't matter what everyone's job descriptions were. I'm proud of how people have, you know, I mixed in and you know helped in the in the kitchens, helped in the grounds, and just kept the business going because of. Um, some people having to work from home so that we could reduce the uh, amount of people coming on and off site. So uh yes, very proud of the way people have um, gone beyond what their job description is
0: seems they mustered an incredible uh, reaction there. And while we're on the topic of just that word, inspiration, Penny, if we just backtrack for Mm. a moment, um, what would you say have been some of the key inspirations prior to COVID-19, of course, as you've developed through your career and maybe some of the big influences on you throughout life?
1: Um, I I think over my career, I have worked with some very creative people. My background is is in uh, radio and uh, marketing. Um, I think in my early career, I had a couple of very bad managers and actually that that taught me a lot about how it feels to be badly managed. So um, I think that helps me um, consider how I am treating people. Um, so it's a combination of both, really. People who have inspired me and and allowed people to develop themselves and have had a guiding light and then others who have been poor managers that have taught me how it feels to be badly managed
0: i think learning from others is incredibly important and it goes for negative experiences as you rightfully say there Mm. as well as the positives because you can take certain elements of say leadership stars for example good elements from some people and then maybe things that don't quite work for you or you think is just completely wrong uh, for um, your own sort of a way of doing things
1: Yeah, and I I think that um, for me currently, if you look at uh, Jacinda, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, I have a huge amount of admiration for her. I think the way she, uh, her humility, her openness, her honesty, but actually some really tough decisions. She's guided that country through this pandemic in an incredible way. So um, in terms of a current leader, I would say she's very inspirational.
0: Mm. Jacinta Ardern, um, as you rightfully say, there is a very, very good example, um, especially of a female leader who's been very inspirational in uh, recent times. Um, mm. In fact, I mean, to be honest, if if she were to actually address the uh, the staff of the uh, Kenwood Trust, uh, let's say, what do you think uh, she might say? Do you think she'd be proud of the response that you've put in? I'm sure she would.
1: Yeah, I I, I would like to say kind quite similar to her, which um, may may sound um, uh, a wrong thing to say, but um, I. I I try to be, as we said earlier, very honest with staff. Um, I'm willing to roll my hands up and uh, my up, brother and uh, and get involved in everything that we have to do on site. So um, I would say I try to adopt how she operates and I would hope she would be very proud of what we've achieved here.
0: And from the sounds of it, I'm uh, sure she would be, um, of course. And some of those very inspirational people that you've mentioned there have been people that you've uh, worked with, uh, Penny, um, quite notably. And... It just goes to show that some of the most influential people in our lives can be the people closest to us, be they colleagues, be they friends, family, for example. And um, I think sometimes when we think of leadership generally, we can be tempted to associate it directly with politics or with celebrity sports, for example. And sometimes I think recognition in the business world can sometimes go under the radar as a result of that. Is that something that you would agree with, that maybe we don't recognise good leadership in business quite enough?
1: Um, yes, I think that we can be very negative about, and I think we're quite, in, in, in the UK generally, we're quite embarrassed about being successful. And if you look at other countries in the world, you know, they do celebrate business success far more than we do. So you're right, I think some business leaders are overlooked who uh, maybe aren't as active on Twitter or as vocal as, as others. Um and they're quietly getting on with the business and and developing strong teams so yes i think I think you're right.
0: Some leaders especially um, just go about their business quietly, as you rightly say there. Uh, they don't necessarily have to stick their heads um, above the uh, the parapet, um, as it were. But also, quite interestingly, you say, of course, I think we're maybe a little bit embarrassed or hesitant as a country to celebrate success. But also, I think there's sometimes, especially among younger generations, a little bit of a fear of failure as well. And maybe sometimes we don't take even measured risks just because we maybe shy away from failure, criticism, whereas that's also an important part of being a leader, isn't it? Embracing learning curves and using those to develop.
1: Yes, and I think personally with a marketing background as well, um, I would like to think I I am always looking for the opportunities, but where possible through research to um, look at those opportunities and be able to, to move forward with them. And there is an element of risk. You're absolutely right. But I think if you risk assess what you're doing and have some research behind uh, what you're doing, um, you can still take those risks, but in a um,
0: measured, measured way. Mm-hmm. And if we do think about the uh, the future in the long term now, Penny, uh, just before we do wrap things up on the uh, the program, in The case of Kenwood Trust, of course, fundraising has always uh, been an issue, has been for a good uh, few years now. And I suppose this current pandemic has exacerbated that problem. What do you envision for the next 12 months for yourself, for Kenwood Trust, and also perhaps for Big Plan Group as well? And what do you really hope to achieve in firstly navigating COVID 19, but also for the longer term future?
1: Um, Well, just before COVID 19 um, started and we, we had the lockdown, Uh, we were developing our day treatment because sadly over the last 10 years the funding for this sort of service for addiction to alcohol and drugs has declined. So we have seen less and less people um, coming through uh, being referred by commissioners. We've seen an increase in self-funders. So that is something that we were developing alongside the day treatment because a lot of people who have to fund themselves can't necessarily um, actually take time away from their their work if they're still working or, or their family environment. So um, we were developing that prior to COVID and have continued to develop that by using Zoom and other platforms to start doing counselling online. So I think uh, what is going to be the new world and, and people are – talking about the new normal, and I think it's very difficult to judge. I think we may have another second wave. I think the activity we've seen over the last week with demonstrations and people on the beach is likely to spread mm. the virus further. Um, we, as an organisation, have seen an increase in demand for our services because there's been a directive to take people off the streets. So we've had an increase in, in residential uh, rehab, And I'm I'm hoping in some ways there is a recognition um, of what we're doing and how we do save lives, save money in A&E because people aren't presenting with alcohol issues. If we can fix them, um, they go back into the community and, and can make a contribution and get back on with their lives. So I think the future in the next 12 months is going to be really tough. I've joked a few times saying I'm a leader, on a big ship with no licence and no map because it does feel um, very uncertain. But we're continuing with what we're providing in terms of residential rehab, developing our day treatment and just continuing to look for those needs in the community and hoping that funding will return to a a sector that is desperately needed. I think the fact that the figures were in March, there was a 29% increase in alcohol sales um as people lock down. So as we come out, um, we will uh, it's been publicised very greatly to be more uh, mental health issues. Mm. People often resort to alcohol and drugs as a way to escape their challenges of life. So yeah, uncertain times but we're gonna carry on as 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 we are and uh, hopefully something will return.
0: Let's certainly hope um, that funding uh, does return uh, to the uh, the sector for sure. But it is very positive to hear that services are continuing to roll out uh, from yourselves, especially. And you're very much at the forefront of um, innovation in providing those services. Looking to uh, take it all um, online during this time as well. Um, we are yeah. just about out of time um, on the uh, the program, unfortunately, Penny. Otherwise, we could definitely discuss okay. this all day. I'm sure. But um, <sighs> I think, considering how informative it's been today, it would even be fantastic to perhaps have you back on the program at some point in the next year. Just to catch up at yes, that point on what that new normal is awesome. looking like and also how um, Kenwood Trust is operating them um, as well within that new normal. I think that'll be incredibly fascinating. Yeah, no problem at all. I think that'll be wonderful, uh, Penny. um It's been a real pleasure having you on the, uh, the programme today. Thank you ever so much again for taking the time to join us. And most importantly, do take care and do stay safe with everything still going on because, as we've said during this uh, conversation, we are definitely not out of the woods yet and we could well see more of the same before we do um, pull clear.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me. It's
0: been a real pleasure, Penny. Thank you. That was Penny Williams speaking, the CEO of Kenwood Trust and CEO of Big Planet Group. Coming up next on the programme today, I'll be handing over to Matthew O'Neill for his exclusive interview with Lord David Blunkett. Lord Blunkett is an active member of the House of Lords, a former Labour MP and Secretary of State, and of course the Chairman of the Leaders' Council of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Despite being blind from birth, he rose to prominence to become one of the most Um, important politicians of his generation, holding a number of senior positions in the cabinet of Tony Blair and serving as the MP for his Sheffield, Brightside and Hillsborough constituency for 28 years. He was elevated to the House of Lords back in August 2015 when he was anointed Baron Blunkett of Brightside and Hillsborough. And I hope you enjoy listening just as much as Matthew enjoyed speaking with him. That's coming up next. Lord Blunkett, welcome.
2: Thank you very much. It's very good to be with you.